I can't dictate their mental state. I just have to be there for support and to be ready to, to move when they're ready to move. And, you know, I can't tell Simone she's right or she's wrong for whatever she's feeling. I just hope that she gets it through and she's still the GOAT either way. Opulent Inventory, our proud partners here on the show. Now you can finally have the Apple product times the Apple guys. That's right, from AirPods to iPhones to MacBooks to Apple Watches to trade-ins and much more. Now you can have the Apple product of your dreams. Promo code podcast gets you 20% off. That's right, 20% off on any Apple item. Visit Opulent Inventory, Nash and Guardian. Those are great guys on all social media platforms, and on Instagram. Now, let's head back to the show. Welcome back, folks, ladies and gentlemen, back to the Sevy Podcast radio show here on WNSC Radio. Stream and listen, heard worldwide in 18 different platforms throughout the globe. Myself and my ride partner, Michael Gray, back at it again. Mike, we had a great, 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 great time uh, out there in, in the West Coast in Vegas. It's been two and a half weeks since we've been on air, but it's, it's a joy to be back. It definitely is, man. We had a we had a uh, uh, an, an outstanding time, brother. It was an amazing time together. It was it was good for us to finally meet each other in person for the first time. You know, it was it was dope vibes, good energy, and uh, yeah, we definitely enjoyed ourselves for sure. Definitely enjoyed ourselves there for sure. You can hear the altitude, smell the different thin air that they have out there. Got a chance to see up front and up close Team USA basketball, the men's mm-hmm. and the women's play. Um, that in itself and its own right was a great experience. Absolutely, man. Watching the brothers play like live close in person, you really get to see, you know, just, just you, you kind of hear the trash talking just to see the, the ins and outs without the commentating and really and really get to galvanize the crowd as long as just, just being being along with them. You're you're a part of that space. So just seeing the atmosphere, just seeing how the crowd moves to each possession and stuff is is, is dope in person. Yep. Yes indeed there's where Michelob Ultra was the site of that. Safe to say, Mike, we're gonna be there again. Oh, we'll be back for sure. <laughs> Safe to say. For sure. We'll we will be there for in there for sure. Both Team USA men's and women's tune ups were then as mm-hmm. they are currently in Tokyo taking care of the twenty twenty Olympics. We'll go ahead and talk about that later on in uh second segment with some of our featured guests for today's day. But could you believe it, Mike? Season three, episode thirty-five. This is coming to the end. This is the end of season three today, folks. Is actually our season three finale. What we're doing today, Mike, is just showing some gratitude, showing some appreciation, and looking back at all great thirty-five episodes that we had this season, and just wanting to, you know, give some appreciation for some of the guests that came on, some of the greats that stood out to us that left an impact or, or some sort of significance. So 
Um, I'm, I'm going to bring the form to you, Mike. Um, anybody or, or should I say which episodes in particular um, stood out to you and anybody in particular that came on this year? Well, uh, well, well, like you said, we we enjoy all of our, our guests that come on, and we appreciate all of them, man. All of them bring something special to the table. But so some of the ones that actually stood out to me that really, like, I I really caught myself being caught in the conversation was the one of the, actually the one of the first episodes we had this season was was, was with Jermaine Carter when right. he was when he came on and he talked about you know financial literacy and we just we we almost stepped away from sports for a little bit and we actually just you know we got into like life goals and you know just creating generational wealth and just and just the ins and outs of you know, behind the scenes of, of the contracts that these guys making the money these guys see and stuff like that. So I really caught myself into that situation. Uh, uh, one of the good brothers from, from upstate New York that I, that I, uh, I helped bring on the show, uh, Arden Franklin, our good brother uh, the, over there. That's Forsyth. right. That's right. The Foresight yeah, Company. Over there, Foresight. Yeah, they're doing their thing. You know, whenever we can have a conversation where we talk about the mixture and the, the, the combination of sports and hip-hop culture, uh, I, I, I thoroughly always enjoy those conversations. So the, those those are two that stood out. You know, I, I love I love Shanice coming on. She she brought great energy to the table. It was it was it was it was a lot. We we can go down the list of a lot, but those those three really stood out to me. Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest things as well, Mike. I look back at all thirty five episodes, the diversity for women that we have um, for podcasts. I don't think I've ever been part of like any show or any brand that we had that much women guests. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 crazy to to think that in such a male dominated industry and male dominated field that we have the pleasure and the ability to bring on a lot of great people like uh Kristen Peak who's who's a great dear friend of mine um coach P remember coach McKaylee oh yeah able to enlighten her uh, about sharing her stories dealing with mental health with that's we'll talk about that in uh, our second segment as well um and also Amy Otterberg being able to step aside and see the aspect and the perception of, of the women's game, but also what they go through, uh, through, through mental health and her being able to thank us with her book. Um, you look at some of the others that we had, Shanice came on, we had Joy, Joy D'Angela, um, yep. with, with, with the passion, the girls from, uh, you know, Girl Chat Sports, Mo and Mel from Vegas. So, all of those. So I, I think what's been so unique this year is, is the fact that, you know, we had a lot of great women come on our show. Uh, most notably, we had Rhonda uh, come on from the, the, the sports girl and also Amy from um, the last, what was it? The, the, the last night's game. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that that was the biggest thing, Mike, um, being able to be diverse and, and not only in close to a lot of males coming on our show, but the, the pleasure that we had, and the ability that we had the opportunity to see it from a different perspective of the women's side point of view. I, I think when you look at it in that peripheral vision, you get a different dynamic. And, and that was sweet. Yeah, it's, it's a growing perspective in sports. It's a growing aspect in sports. And, you know, we, 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 we're, we're blessed and fortunate to be able to share our platform and be able to, to bring that to, 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 to bring, you know, those, those, those people that are grinding and working their tails off every day in the sports world and sports media, maybe able, able to give them a chance to share their platforms and opportunity to, you know, talk, they talk and, re- and really see what they bring to the sports table. So, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely dope seeing, seeing, seeing it from all different sides. And then from a great, you know, season that we had, we also had some of our emphatic ones, right? We had Raven McCree come on with the excitement. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about the difference between NFC's football with her Dallas Cowboys. DMV right there. DMV area. Yep. We had your guys like Guru come on. Just the guys that bring that umph, bring that excitement. 
bring bring that sense of passion. I, I thought those stood out to us as well. Absolutely. You know, you know, at this point, Google doesn't even qualify as the guest. <laughs> Google doesn't not, qualify. I don't even look at him as one of the guests anymore. He's he's almost a regular at this point. Right, 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 right. They're, that's that's for sure. That's All there as well. Vibes, All great, 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 great vibes there for sure. Um, we've had a great, 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 great season. Um, looking at some of the, the the ones that that stood out to us, Mike, there as well. Anyone that that stood out to you that you know that that gets under the radar that that we didn't talk about. I said I said the, the the episode we had with your boy Quentin Rodriguez. I mean, I was I was very I was thoroughly impressed with the brother and just just the conversation and how it flowed, the chemistry between all three of us at that point in time. That was that was one that definitely stood out to me for sure. It was it was a, it was an honorable mention for me because. I, you know, I really, I really came from that. Say, okay, I, I, I can really talk sports with this brother. You know, outside of, outside of the show and just outside, we can have a, a thorough breakdown and, and, and have a great building session on just, just how, how we see the game. So, and Christina Williams as well. When you bring up the, I was Christina. just gonna bring that Christina yeah, Williams yeah, as well. Christina, Christina Williams. She, she definitely, she definitely did her thing on, on the show for us. And uh, Kevin Tiller. You know, when he came on last year, I, I, no, I think it was last You're year. You're in the bubble. Year. That's right. You're yeah, in the yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, right. he, he, he that, it was special watching him come on and stuff too. So. You know, I, I, it, it, the, those those were the few that really that, that were like honorable mentions. That like, yeah, yeah. The top. I think one of them there as well. Um, the the underrated ones is, um, the couple, the couple that we had, uh, guy and girl. Uh, yes, Talks yes, yes, yes. You know, it's always a couple's dream to have you know a partner that knows the same amount or kind of like you know up to par with sports. And I think that's a great dynamic being able to just share that on a household on a per day basis. Um, I thought that that's pretty underrated there as well. And um, last but not least, you know, we can't forget about our man from, from the LA uh, Rams guy. Gosh, what's his name? Uh, um, Alex Fernandez. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Alex Fernandez. We, we, man, had him, oh, we had him on season three. I, I believe so. Not. I don't, I, I believe I don't, I remember having him on since season two. I think it was on season two. Yeah, I think, I, I think so. it was on I season two. So. But it's crazy how, you know, we're, we're bringing that up uh, there again. But he, he, yeah, he was one yeah, of the good he, ones. He stood out for sure. He stood out for sure. And then, of course, we had our great debates. You know, guys like, again, at this point, Gurus is a regular. But seeing him go up against uh, Daniel Alameda on our mm-hmm. draft special, that yeah. was a great dynamic where, you know, we got a chance to see him go head-to-head. Um, kind of like your old face-off where – you got Shannon on one side, Skip on the other, and they're going at it as in terms of which teams are going to pick what for what needs that they have. Uh, a great and interesting debate that they had was the third pick w- with the 49ers. You saw the passion coming out of Guru thinking that they're going to pick Mac Jones. And then, of course, you, you, you see Daniel Alameda saying, of course, no, they're not going to pick Mac Jones. They're going to stick to Jimmy Garoppolo and pick up Trey Lance. So I thought that one in itself was probably arguably one of our best debates on the show. Absolutely, absolutely. Sometimes we like, like you said, like you said, Darnell. We sometimes we just got to sit back and and just and just let the guests do their thing. When when they're when they're rolling like that and flowing like that, just just let them just let them go ahead and and, and give all the viewers all the insight that they need. Yep, definitely, definitely there for sure. We want to thank all of our guests that came on this year. Some that were in season two that we didn't even get a chance to come on uh, on season three. The likes of um, Adam Francisco uh, from you know the Thunder. Um, guys like Andrea as well, and, and a few others. So, um, it, it's it's been great, Mike. And these three years that we've had our partnership, it's 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 been a pleasure. No, nah, for sure, it definitely has, man. Many more to come. Many more to come, there for sure. But folks, that wraps up our first segment here today. But when we come back, 
The real show starts. We'll go ahead and bring our two featured guests that wraps up our season finale tonight. We won't name the guests' names, but we'll disclose those when we get back. The Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Do not go anywhere. It's only heard here on WNSC Radio. segment on today's show on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, streaming and listen worldwide in 17 different platforms. Folks, our second episode today is proud and presented by Opulent Inventory, our very last sponsorship with Opulent Inventory. 20% off, that's right, 20% off gets you the Apple product of your dreams from iPhones to MacBooks to AirPods, whatever you want. Our fellas, my main guy, Nashley, from Opulent Inventory, is the guy for you. And without further ado, we, our guest today, our duo guest for today's show is Norman Locke of the Daily Lock-In and also Chris Jordan as well from Shut Up and Listen, host of Shut Up and Listen podcast. Fellas, it's a pleasure you guys have you on. Thanks, Nick. Glad to be on, man. Awesome, awesome here. So, hey, let's get right into it. Mike and I, we've also we've already shared to you guys that it's been two and a half weeks since we've been on air um, ourselves, and we were out there in the West Coast um, just doing a little bit of networking, and we actually got a chance to see the NBA Finals. So we'll wrap up, and we haven't gotten a chance to tie it up on that. But um, your initial thoughts, fellas, on the Bucks claiming their first title in the last 50 years. It's been since 1971, the days of Oscar Robertson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar since the Bucks have eclipsed this great accomplishment. Um, I'll, I'll be the first to say that I had Phoenix in six. Obviously, it was the opposite. Um, your, your thoughts on, on, on in the keys to what happened? It was intensity, man. You know, I, I think that Giannis fully got healthy in game three, uh, especially after dropping that 40-point game in game two. I just think that Giannis felt fully confident in himself and then – I've been calling DeAndre Ayton the softest big man in the league for a while now. So once he started figuring out that that knee was pretty much okay to go, he just started ramming it through DeAndre Ayton's chest, and he found his way to 50 points in a championship. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely there for sure. The Bucks getting their first title in the last 50 years. I think a, a key as well, Jordan, um, to this turnaround since Game Three was Chris Paul was non-existent. Now we came, we went on and Booker in Game Three. Well, we're saying if you're Devin Booker, you can't have 10 points. Since then, he back-to-back 40-point performances, obviously, they resulted into losses. But you, you got to look at this here. And a guy where Chris Paul, for all the great things he's done in his career, this one has to hurt in his legacy. Yes, man, I agree. Um, I would say this about Chris Paul. Um, That was Chris Paul's last chance for getting a championship. <laughs> Agreed. I believe Chris Paul would never get a ring. This was his only chance. He's 36 years old. This is year 16. And to be honest, he played okay, but he didn't play great. 
and just seeing Giannis how he dominated game the whole series from one through six. The Bucks are, are well deserved, and Chris Middleton deserves some credit too. He's clutch. Chris Middleton is clutch, people. He comes through every time. Agreed, agreed. A guy that I've been very, 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 very uh, <laughs> I've had nice things to say about yeah. present lack of inconsistency. But Mike, boy, he showed up in one of the biggest times for sure. One of one of the biggest times, and I, I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, because because it actually seg- it actually segues into my first question for both of you brothers. Talk to me about the others for this guy. You talked about Chris Middleton and how he stepped up. We talked. We know that 40 points he got in game four, hitting those big buckets down the stretch. But talk to me about Drew Holiday and what he brought to the table, not even just, uh, you know, scoring the ball when he did, but defensively, how, how the pressure that he put on Chris Paul from game three through game six. You saw him fighting through screens and being able to play him one-on-one, and you saw him neutralize Paul to some degree because of his length and his ability to get to it, doing it to, to Devin Booker. Guarded him one on one, just every one through five. He guarded everybody. Just talk about the others: Bobby Portis, PJ Tucker. Uh, how 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 important were those guys? And we just talk about this Bucks team and the others and how they stepped up for this guy. Drew Holiday was big time. You know, coming. I'm I'm a Pelican fan down here in Louisiana, and to okay. see Drew on that big stage, you know, it, it made Pelicans fans feel good that we did right by Drew because Drew did right by us. So I'm an alumni of Saint Augustine High School. And even though Drew Holiday got traded, Drew still donated X amount of dollars to a scholarship fund to my mm. former high school in New Orleans. So mm. the city of New Orleans fully embraces Drew. Now, I'm not going to say Pelicans fans have a piece of this championship because we don't. But to see Drew Holiday succeed on the biggest platform and to come up clutch when, when other players around the league give him his flowers as one of the best two-way players in the league, it was amazing for us. And to see J.J. Riddick upset about it makes it even better. Hmm. <laughs> that's, that's huge. That's great. That's, that's huge. That's huge there. Um, there as well, seeing the Bucks do that. Um, when we look at Giannis now, we start talking different about him, right? This is a guy, arguably, you know, a top five player. I think that's already been cemented. But um, a guy that is labeled as one of the more dominant players that has no skill set. But you look at the last three years, what he's done. Back-to-back MVPs, defensive player of the year, all-star game MVP, and now finals MVP and a champion. Do we start looking at him differently now, Norman? For, for what he's done in these last three seasons. A guy that, when he came in the league, put up 51 pounds of muscle and looks totally different than what the guy that we saw in 2013. We have to. We have to. Uh, and, you know, earlier today, Giannis took to Instagram to start posting uh, pictures of different NBA stars that stayed with the team that drafted him and won a championship. So Giannis is putting the league on notice. Like, I did it the right way. I did it the Mm -hmm. natural way. I didn't have to team up with some of the other top 25 NBA players just to get a championship done. Uh, So I I commend Giannis on doing it in his manner because anytime we, you know, us in the media start chanting for any 26 year old to start leaving a franchise to go chase rings, that's when it starts getting a little funky in, in my fashion. So I like the fact that Giannis did it his way, he stayed at home. He deserves all the glory. Do you do you feel like this that the, the some of the Giannis hate that he's gotten after this championship? That some some of the scrutiny I would say from the media, especially on the mainstream side, that that he's gotten. Do you feel like it comes from the fact that a lot of people didn't expect him to do this to win a championship um, yeah. in Milwaukee? And do, do you feel like it's just them, you know, didn't, doubling back and not not being able to just say, you know, I was wrong in the situation? 
Uh, it's a lot of that. You know, everybody kept harping on Giannis' inability to make free throws, and then he goes for uh, 16 for 17 free throws in a closeout finals game. So Giannis went through the harder contest versus East versus West. I'll say the Eastern route was much difficult than the Suns' route to the finals. Yep. And also for him to do it with, quote-unquote, the non-stars of the league. Nobody puts Drew Holiday into that, that star category. People want to keep Chris Middleton out of the star category. Well, he did it with P.J. Tucker and Bobby Portis, if, since, we, since those are the stars of the team. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's right to be there for sure. So, Chris, obviously tomorrow, big day. Uh, it, it's the NBA draft. Um, most believe that Cade Cunningham will go number one overall, the f- sensational freshman from Oklahoma State, um, followed by G League star Jalen Green, then Evan Mobley of Southern Cal, and then followed by Jalen Sugg, who lost in the national title game against Baylor. Um, in your thoughts, when we look at, when we start looking at this draft three, four years down the line, which stars is going to stand out to you as we're going to be talking about this guy for a while? Man, I would say um, out of this draft class, um, college is just, to be honest, man, um, I think it's all up for grabs because in college, these players, they're good, but they're not the same players like five or ten years ago. With college, man, these players, I feel like sometimes they come out too early, but um. Right now, it's up in the air, man. Um, it's just tough to say right now because just watching them play, I just don't, I just don't know who's gonna take that big leap in this draft class. I feel like everybody's about the same. Mm. Interesting, interesting there for sure. Jay Billis of ESPN said, Mike, something very interesting. He said that he hasn't seen a guy come out in recent years like a Cade Cunningham. To you, for what you've seen, what he done in the Big Twelve. It, does he is does he fit that category as that type of guy? Yes, because of his mentality. We 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 know he has the talent. We know he has the ability. We know he has the skill set to get a bucket to get to facilitate for others to be the leader on the court. But his mentality, his the, the way he goes about it, the killer instinct, the ability to come up in crucial moments for your team, knowing that all the pressure for you, knowing that all the eyes are on you, all the defenders are on you, and you still find a way to get it done for your team down the stretch, uh, down the line. Yeah, yeah, he 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 definitely fits the mold. One of the guys that is kind of interesting as well is is Jalen Suggs because you don't know what you're going to get from Suggs or Green. Both names got Jalen, but there's, there, there's still some development in their game. Um, so, Norman, when you look at these two guys in particular, what stands out to you? And then in the next level, what are some things that they got to improve in? Well, truly, like, like my guy was saying, I'm not too sold on a lot of these college players. Is I feel as though the NCAA – uh, it's kind of got a little water down, and I, I don't have faith in a lot of these co- collegiate athletes when they first come in. You know, looking at last year's draft with Wiseman going number one, you know, I, I expected a lot out of Wiseman, and I was really high on him. And then, you know, he came in the league, and I know it was a, a transition for big men is a lot harder. But Wiseman was dis- went two. Sorry, uh, sorry, yeah, Edwards I'm sorry. One. Sorry, uh, Wiseman going two, and well, I wanted him to go one. I'm sorry. Right. And his development just came slow, even with Ant-Man. Ant-Man development came slow also to the second half of the NBA season. We started seeing 
Anthony Edwards start to develop, develop a little bit more. Even LaMelo Ball, we started seeing him blossom more in the second half of the season once he got a starting role. But LaMelo Ball comes from overseas plays. So I'm not too sold on a lot of these guys, especially, you know, I'm not on the, the K Cunningham train because he, he let me down in the tournament. So I, I'm not big on, on any of these guys right now. That, that, that's, that's a very interesting perspective, Norman, because we see a lot of that from a lot of the younger players, especially in the recent memory. We saw Trey Young go through the same thing when he first came into the league. It took him to after All-Star break to really kick in and really look like that dog that we expected him to look like. And we saw the same thing, like you said, with Ant-Man with the second half of the season. Do you feel like this point with everything with, like, with the watered-down system in the NCAA and how they have with college basketball, is that a sign of things to come for these players as long as the rules are intact the way they are right now? I think it's, it's going to change a little bit with the NIL. I think you'll get some players who, you know, maybe like the D. Wades or the Jimmy Butlers who are going to play multiple. I think you're going to get some a little bit more refined and skilled players because they're going to be able to develop some income while in college. They don't have to follow the system of, I'm going to play my best in one year and try to be one and done. You're able to stay a little bit longer, maybe play two or three years for a high-level program or a high-level coach, and your body starts to mature, and then you come to the league a little bit more ready. Got you. Agreed, agreed there for sure. When we start looking at maybe some of the sleepers in the draft, Sharif Cooper, who didn't have a great year at Auburn, guys like Jonathan Kamunga from the G League, Davion Mitchell, the national champion Baylor Bears point guard, others – um, sharpshooter from uh, the Gonzaga uh, Bulldogs as well. So when we start looking at sleepers that not a lot of people talking about, Chris, is there anybody that stands out to you? I would say this. Um, I would say it depends what system you go to. Because with certain players, I do feel like if they go to the right system as far as their play style, they'll flourish good and play great and stand out. Because sometimes – where players mess up or sometimes going to the team that's not really a good fit and sometimes make the player look, not look as good. But, but I like I like um, Cameron Thomas out of LSU. Uh, I think that he's going to fall in the late. He's a bucket league. getter. Yep. He's a bucket getter, man. And I, and I think that watching him down here in the SEC and especially in tournament play, I just saw the heart from him. I, and I think that can translate to the next level. And I think that he can be a, a good rotational piece for another team. We see that the young guys like a Tyler Hero for the Heat, uh, he comes off the bench and, and is able to light up the, the scoreboard. I think, you know, somebody like maybe like a Cameron Thomas could find a role with a team and, and, and become a, a nice NBA player. And you're talking about nice roles. And, and mid-sleepers, Mike, will stick with the SEC. Guys like Herbert Jones from Alabama. You got yeah. Moses Moody from Arkansas, yeah. who's got the prototypical NBA size already. Are those some guys that you're looking at? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You got to look at those guys, you know, and, and all, all, all of the facets of it. I'm looking at guys, you know, from a small forward position. I'm looking at guys like, you know, from Australia, overseas, like Josh Giddy. You know, so somebody like that who, who's so special as hell. Moses Moody from Arkansas, guys like that who, you know, could potentially be in the top 10, top 15 range. But, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a nice little solid draft. Definitely there for sure. One of the biggest topics um, in the last 24 hours, guys, is the Olympics and what Simone Biles did, mm-hmm. being able to withdraw from the all-around competition in gymnastics that's been going on making sure to prioritize her mental health over competing at the world's biggest stage. What was your initial thoughts when we look at that? 
Man, on air today, uh, it was it was it got tough on air today uh, talking about it. But my stance is, I treat it as if it was my daughter or my child. If my child came to me on the biggest stage of competition and said, you know, I don't think I can compete at my best, but I do think that I can still cheer on my team and they can compete, then I'm gonna take my child and and comfort them and get them ready for the next competition. But I can't dictate their mental state. I just have to be there for support and to be ready to, to move when they're ready to move. And, you know, I can't tell Simone she's right or she's wrong for whatever she's feeling. I just hope that she gets it through and she's still the goat either way. No doubt. Chris, are you still there? Well, we're getting Chris uh, worked up on that. Mike, uh, <laughs> your, your thoughts on this because she hasn't really – taking out the fact that she's to compete in the individual competitions. But obviously, you know, when you think about somebody that has 90 seconds to hit perfectionist, being able the most decorated gymnast in U.S. history, being the great Olympian that she is, like, all of that comes with pressure and tension. And we know in gymnastics, any wrong move, it could be career-ending. Yeah, it definitely could. But, you know, she, she's handled the pressure in the past, you know, and she's, she's an ultimate warrior and a competitor. You know, when, when, when we hear situations about these, like, mental health issues and things like that, it, it, it's a touchy subject because I, 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 I like to be very careful with those two words and stuff like that. So, you know, you never know what she's going through in her personal life, you know, what she would, what what she what she doesn't talk about to the mainstream people and put out there to the public. So, you know, on touchy subjects, subjects like that, I just, you know, I just, I just, pray, I just pray for them and just, Hope, hope, hope everything goes well for I've always thought about it like this, you know. You see guys like the all-time greats, Michael Jordan. He can have a, ga- a bad game three, but he still has games four, five, and six to make up for it. LeBron, he may have a bad game two, but what are the odds LeBron having a four game three, four, and five in the NBA Finals? You, you see, you've seen uh, uh, guys like Tom Brady throw three interceptions in a playoff game, still finding ways to win. Well, you look at uh, somebody like Simone, only 90 seconds – you have one chance to hit it. If you don't, there's no turning back. And I, I think the weight of the shoulders of the U.S. country, the weight of the shoulders, knowing that you're the greatest, knowing that you have to hit this and there's no room and margin for error, all of that ties into it, Mike. And and, and I think that that's that also uh, is a huge factor. It potentially could, and we got and, and, and sometimes we forget being caught up as you know just fans watching watching these these artists perfect their craft and you know at every at every aspect they do. Sometimes we forget how young they are. Yeah. You know, you know she's she's she, even though she is an adult, she's a grown woman. She's still very still very young. So you know she, she's she's probably going through a lot mentally. We never we never know what's going on. You know, so so I, so I just, just send her the best wishes for real. Okay. Addition now to some of the other sports that we've seen in the Olympics. Uh, Team USA basketball, right? Team USA basketball. Mike, we had a chance to see him front and center against the Aussies, against Australia. Uh, um, excuse me, against Spain, the women who were playing Australia. Um, and lack, lackluster performance. We saw what happened against France. But big bounce back today for what they did against Iran. Is this the Team USA are we going to continue to see throughout the tournament or – is it gonna be the team that we saw in day one when they played against France? We have to change. We have to change the the, the, the way the way we go about this team, man. I mean, every everything that's that's built about this team, it's a lot of players that that, that need the ball. 
but but it's not a lot of players that that are used to playing off ball. So what we have to do is we have to get a, a certain system and play similar to what Coach K used to run back in the day of just have letting these guys loose and doing their thing. You can't you can't with all this talent on the on this court, you can't uh you can't hold them back. You got to let these guys loose. These, these are some of the best one on one bucket getters out there in the game. Let these guys continue to let offensive flow, get their defensive pressure up high. And then you use that athleticism and quickness to their advantage, and then we can make plays. But right now, you're seeing too much isolation, too much uh, just try, just trying to play one on one. Not enough team basketball. But these are too many guys that can get a bucket. They got to learn how to play off ball and get a real system in play instead of just letting them go out there and play free. And for you, Norman, you, you're looking back in, in day one when they played against France. Um, France is a great team. We know that five NBA players, but. You, you, you match that up with Team USA. There's about 11 All-Stars. There's only one true All-Star in that French team, and that's Rudy Gobert. So what, what's the problem with this team? Is, is there any adjustments that Pop can make? Is there a lineup change that you see that needs to happen, Norman? Well, we know if we look at Paul Ball situations, uh, you know the best rosters don't always win the championship. The best rosters don't always win as many games. So, you know, if you go to your local ball your local court, and you pick up the five best players, but you pick up guys who've been playing together for a long time, you can lose. So, And that's how I looked at the Team USA. You know, we have some of the best individual scores of the game. We know Dame Lillard, Kevin Durant can go for 50 any night, but you put them on a team together, can they go 50 together? And, I, and that's where I think they needed to find out and figure out, you know, who's going to be that alpha in game time situations. Um, I, I think that, you know, Pop came out and said that it's no more hero ball. We need everyone to be a role player. There's no alpha on the team. Everyone's either alpha, everyone's either a role player. And I think that's what's going to help them propel. And then also the fact that Drew Holiday, fresh off the champagne, is out there going to be locking people <laughs> yeah, up right. 94 feet. So, you know, Chris Middleton and, and, and Drew Holiday got the Moet and the championship. So, it's going to help them out. Right. Yeah, definitely. De- definitely there for sure. No no doubt about it there. Um, there as well. We'll see what they do. Now, is this team still a team that can win it all? Is it, Or is this a team that can still make a podium thing? You've got the Aussies who look good. Slovenia, man. Did we see what Luka Doncic did a few days ago? I mean, this team is unbelievable. Luka... He, he might be quicker than I thought, Mike, uh, ma- making his way closely as the face of the NBA. But, boy, international play, he's been spectacular. Man, he's special, man. He's just putting on a display and doing exactly what he's been doing ever since. You know, he came into the league, man. He's, just, he's a special basketball player. He knows how to score and pick his spots and facilitate his IQ is on point. Uh, he's he's a, natural, a natural bucket getter. Uh, it's, it's special watching Luka Doncic play overseas in the league. It's, it's all over. It's special, man. He, he he's he's a ball player. He's gonna give USA a run for money, especially when they play each other. Is are they the team, Norman? To you, that that you think is is the biggest threat to knocking off Team USA, or is the Aussie still there with Patty Mills? Um, you still got some other teams there as well. I think I think France is the the the, the best team to knock off Team USA, but. Truly, after listening to Pop and KD, I think they, I think they got, they got it together, and I think USC will be able to bring home that gold. Definitely, definitely there for sure. Um, definitely there for sure. We shift gears to the NFL, uh, fellas, where the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, back at home, right? Mister Dick Discount, double check State Farm. He's done with his commercials, done with Jeopardy, done uh, hanging out 
out there in Hawaii, back at work in Lambeau Field. Um, it's been news that he's back in action in that locker room. It, it's funny to me, guys. I looked at the, the Packers' schedule. Weeks three to weeks 15, you look at the teams that they play, they play a lot of teams with elite pass rushers. We're talking elite pass rushers. And we have to understand, no more Bakhtiari for them. No more Mike Bulaga. They lost him in free agency. He's been nicked up all that much. You want to take a list of all the teams that they play this year that has elite pass rush. Take a listen to this, Mike. Week three, 49ers, then Pittsburgh. Then Cincinnati, Chicago Bears. After that, they go to the Washington football team in Landover, Maryland. Come back home to the Arizona Cardinals. Then you got the Kansas City Chiefs, followed by the Seahawks. Then Minnesota. Then the Los Angeles Rams. And in that list, guys, there's a whole lot of Khalil Max, Aaron Donalds, whole lot of Chandler Jones. There's a whole lot of J.J. Watts, T.J. Watts. I mean... And, and and Nick Joseph, Nick Bosa is coming back for the 49ers. So I, I look at this it, for Green Bay, not having a, a substantial great offensive line. Aaron, one foot in and one foot out the door. I'm going to bring this to you, Norman, because you're the football guy here. What's really the faith of the Packers this year? Oh, let me. Oh, you, you, you brought me to my favorite topic of the day. First, <laughs> off, first off, for the Packers organization to fold on with Aaron Rodgers' demands just shows how the Packers organizations haven't been in tune with the times for the past decade. Um, for them to go all in and sell their, their morals for the ability for Aaron Rodgers to play one season, I wouldn't do it. I, I, I would let the big baby keep crying. Today he got his best friend who he likes to go to horse races and the Kentucky Derby with him, Randall Cobb. But Randall Cobb hasn't been good in three years. So I just look at it like the Packers have a championship roster, but they're not a championship team. Mm-hmm. And the, the and him missing out on minicamp, him with all this controversy surrounding him, I think it's going to be karma. And I, I really feel like the rest of the receiving core isn't going to bode well with Aaron Rodgers because you go and go you uh, draft Amari Rodgers, who's a stud, but then you go force the organization to trade for your best friend to come and come be the second or third wide receiver when they just drafted a young guy. So you, I, I, the writing's on the wall with me. Aaron Rodgers doesn't like the young group of wide receivers, even though it got him to two NFC championships. He has a stud running back. He has a good offensive line. I'm just looking like, hey, what else does the baby need? Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. interesting. Yep. I think we have Christopher back here. Chris, um, are you there? I guess we still don't have him there. Mike, we'll shift this to you with Green Bay. Sure. Uh, for the right reasons that um, Norman mentioned, they've been in two NFC title games the last two or three years. Well, what's what's the issue for Aaron? Man, the, the issue is having that, uh, that other receiver in that big game that, that can take some pressure off Devontae Adams when it counts. We know they're, 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 they're a championship roster. We know they're good enough to get to that game right before the big game. They're good enough to get to the Super Bowl. But once they run into that other top team in, the, in their conference, which is probably the best conference in football, when they run into that other team that's more poised, more disciplined, more, uh, more structured together, they, 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 usually, they usually fall victim to that. And that's exactly what they fall victim to the last two years with the 49ers. The 49ers were just a more disciplined team. They beat them running the football, rushing for almost, if not over 300 yards. 
That's discipline uh, team football. Then you have the Tom Brady, Tom Brady, and uh, the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year in the NFC Championship game. You lose to them. You lose to them based off them, them just being a better no team at the moment, being, playing about. better, making the better players. So it's, it's it, you have a situation where these last two years they've been a Super Bowl contending team, but they haven't been the, the most disciplined enough team when it counts the most in order to get it done. So, you know, that, 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 that's the only thing holding them back. Chris, are you there? Yeah, I'm right here, man. I'm off. I'm having a hard time with this connection, man. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. We're we're talking about um, what's the the fate this year for Aaron and the Green Bay Packers, and what do you see their season looking like this year? Man, with all the distraction with Aaron Rodgers being like a little crybaby, prima donna, <laughs> I'm gonna say this right now, man. The Green Bay Packers will go ten and seven this year. They'll make the playoffs, but they will make no noise. This is Aaron Rodgers' last year in Green Bay. And to be honest, man, I'm going to say this. Versus the Buccaneers, Aaron was on the goal line. He had the run. He didn't take it. He didn't. Yep. Yep. And and I think Aaron hasn't been the same with his legs, too, for a few years. We know what escapability that Aaron had. Before we were talking about Aaron, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson, Aaron was that guy. And so I don't think he's been that guy outside the pocket, being able to improvise and get outside the pocket, make plays with his feet and also his arm from the guys that we've seen in the first six, seven seasons when he was, you know, in his prime. So I I think that the injury has played a big role in that there as well. We saw pro football focus said Devontae Adams is the best wideout last year by a landslide, by a margin. So adding Randall Cobb in that slot, getting guys like Amari Rogers, Lazard is still there. Is the Green Bay Packers receiving court enough for Aaron to do some damage this year? By far. I, I think his receiving core will probably be the best he's had in the last three seasons. But I, I do still, like my guy said, I don't I don't think that he they're going to be able to compete this season. I think teams are going to put uh the target on their back just because of all the prima donna-ness and he's in the NFC. Well, uh, NFC, well, they got premium pass rushes in that NFC. So right. I think people are going to be after Aaron Rodgers, especially after this entire ordeal with the Packers. Yep, definitely, definitely there for sure. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens there, Mike. Yeah, no, for sure. No, for sure. Talk, talk to me about that sleeper team this year uh, outside of the Packers, just NFL in general. We'll talk about that team that we that that. that Fans need to be on the horizon for that. That that, that that's on the come up. That that's going to sneak up on some teams. I think a sleeper team, and I can't really call them a sleeper, but I, I call them a sleeper because they under they underproduce a lot of times, and they haven't been winning for a, a, maybe fifty years, except for like last year. So it's the Browns. I really do think mm-hmm. that this season the Browns are going to shock a lot of people and be into championship contention. Their defense is outstanding. If everyone's healthy, there's no roster in the NFL right now that can, that can pound for pound, roster for roster, position for position, line up with the Cleveland Browns. I, I would agree with you with that. I agree. They, they, football, pro football focuses. They have the best uh, uh, offensive line of football. They, they've got two great outstanding guards. They've got Odell coming back this year in their defense. Boy, they, they sign a lot of great guys there as well. But, Mike, you know, uh, I'm going to bring out a team that 
I don't know if it's a sleeper. They were in a Super Bowl two years or three years ago, mm. but I, I think it's a sleeper to me because I'm not a huge Matthew Stafford fan. But I'm, I think the Rams. I think the Rams okay. have something to say there as well for the Super Bowl champion, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here's why. I'm not the biggest uh, Matthew Stafford fan, but I will say this. He won't be behind in a lot of games like he was in Detroit. He has all pro Aaron Donald, and he has all pro Jalen Ramsey for that. So he'll be in a lot of games. He'll have a lot of leads, unlike what he had in Detroit. And, of course, we know he has a cannon of an arm with a gunslinger's mentality. So I didn't buy in the Rams early when they made that trade, but I'm starting to buy in and drinking that Kool-Aid. How do you feel about them losing Cam Akers out for the season with Tony Achilles? Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. That's that, a, that, that's that, 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 that's gonna be tough there. Such a tough loss. It's gonna it's gonna it's gonna hurt for sure because he was he was coming up like as as the season progressed, as they got more confident with the running game, he 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 got better. And 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 just thinking about the piece that he's gonna come in this year, it it, it was tough hearing hearing that he's out for the season. I would say a team I wouldn't um the Browns, man, they're gonna they should be good this year, but I will say this though. This year is expectation. Team like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. When I say the Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't mean I don't mean like they they they're gonna have a terrible season, but I don't think they're gonna be in Super Bowl contention this season. I don't I don't I don't see it this happen. I see I see teams starting to sneak up on them. I see, I see them losing some games they possibly potentially could win, should win, but it's gonna cost them in the end uh, later on down the season. So I, I I would say the Pittsburgh Steelers is one of them. Big Ben owed forty-one million this year. One of the big reasons he came back for the Green Bay Packers. My I Mike would is, too. Yeah, <laughs> I ain't mad at that. I ain't mad at that. <laughs> my, my team is, is the Seattle Seahawks. I, I'm the oh, Seattle okay. Seahawks. Now I'm a big Russell Wilson fan. Uh, dynamic. No more. No guy has more wins in his first ten seasons than Russell Wilson. That's more than Brady. More than Manning. The list goes on. But there, there's just something about. Late December, early January, when you can't run the football, and at this age in Russell Wilson's career, he can't be the guy that's going to be running on third downs and short yard scrimmage and stuff. They they are elite as in aerial attack. Tyler Lockett, you've got DK Metcalf on the outside, so they can throw, they can fling the ball all around the yard, and that's great from September to November. But once December and January come. You got to go to Lambeau. You got to go to Tampa. You got to go against the Washington football team. And they're already in the most competitive division, which I think the best division in football with the Rams, with the 49ers, who I expect will have a bounce back year this year. And then the Arizona Cardinals with the additions that they made. I think Seattle may be that team that, you know, may, may take a step back. Mm, all right. I would agree. With, I would agree with that to some degree, especially you know with all the everything going on outside outside right now. That that division is getting stronger and stronger, you know, a, a, as the days go on. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle take 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 some minor step back. Definitely, definitely, yeah, for sure, guys. This is our our favorite time of the of the episode where we kind yes. of get into the interpersonal part of our guests. This is the last one, so Mike, we got We got to do a good one for this uh, last oh, yeah. hurrah on our season finale. <laughs> We, we play this cool game where we ask you a question. Um, it's it's non-sports oriented. It's all personal. Um, we kind of get a feel for you guys. It's this or that. We play overrated or underrated. And now we've got a new game, Mike, where it's fill in the blank. So I'm going to let you start off. All right. I'm going to do, over, I'm gonna do uh, overrated or underrated. The NBA finals in general. 
I'm gonna say underrated. Okay, yeah, I would agree. Interesting, interesting. Not sure if we still have Chris there uh, with us on the line, but that's okay. Norman, I'm gonna go to you. Um, fill in the blank. When I was young, this team or this player had a major impact in me watching sports. Reggie Bush, man. Uh, growing up watching Reggie Bush just tear it up for USC. Uh, being in high school was just another level for me. And him getting drafted to New Orleans right after Katrina, it was just it was just special. It was my favorite collegiate football player. Ended up in my hometown. Uh, actually came to a couple of our football games. And he run around the city with Kim Kardashian. There's no better guy. <laughs> it doesn't get better than that. Go ahead, Mike. This, this, this was that. Kyrie Irving's handles or hmm, or Shaq's dominance in the paint? I'm taking Shaq's dominance in the paint. Yeah, Everybody can handle the ball. Nobody can be a Shaq. Yeah, I agree. Definitely, definitely there for sure. Uh, this or that, um, AI's first step, right? AI's first step off the dribble or LeBron James' first step off the dribble? I'm taking AI first step off the dribble. That's the only person you know that have ever crossed Michael Jeffrey Jordan. I gotta go with him. <laughs> That's got a good one. Good. Got him good. Got him good too. Got him good too. The yeah. poster. <laughs> no, I would say I'm gonna say uh, I'm, I'm gonna do a fill in the blank. It, I, an exotic island would be the best trip in the world if it had this. Mm, Casamigos. <laughs> Casamigos. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. That okay. I hear All that. Right. I like that. I like that. I like that. Overrated or underrated? Overrated or underrated? Ben Simmons. <sighs> you know a guy that you know very well that went to the Bayou and LSU. So yeah, I cover. I cover Benjamin. See, nicknames are only given out to ballers, so we got to call him by his, his full name, Benjamin. Okay. Uh, overrated, super overrated. Benjamin, got to call him by his, his, his full name, Benjamin. Mm, interesting, interesting. There, go ahead, Mike. Uh, let me say. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got a good one. Overrated or underrated? DeAndre Aiden. Uh, I, I wouldn't say he's underrated. I'm just saying he's soft. Okay, I agree. <laughs> I agree. 1,000%. A house on the hill or a house on the beach? I got to take the house on the beach, you know, going up that hill. I might got to walk one day. It's going to be a little difficult. Hey, everyone, we're excited just as much as you guys tonight if you enjoyed this show and frankly, even some of our other episodes as well. If you want to show your appreciation for the show, ensure that you leave us a rating and a review in our iTunes and Spotify. And remember, you can stay locked in here and connected. Sebupodcast.info link for the latest news, articles, interviews and much more. And remember, wherever you're listening on air or online. The Sebi Podcast is wherever you go.